0: Everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. But when even the experts sound convincing but they disagree, how can we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing these things and praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hi, Jeff. Joe, how are you? Joe, what is your full Italian name? Well, um, it would technically be Antonio Giuseppe Caruso II, <laughs> which is Anthony Joseph Caruso II. So, yeah, I'm named after my dad. And Can I call you Tony from now on? You know, there was uh, only two people in my whole life, I guess three, that called me Tony. Um, One was just a booger of a friend, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess you'd fall in that category. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And then ironically, Two of my gym teachers in two different schools. I had a middle school teacher that refused to call me Joe, and he called me Tony. And then I had a high school gym teacher, and she refused to call me Joe. She called me Tony. Mm. Something about a gym teacher. So I guess you fall into <laughs> that camp too. <laughs>
1: you do sound <laughs> and look exactly like your dad.
0: I know. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's, it's appropriate a, that it's, you're a, named it's a good after thing him. and a scary thing all at <laughs> the same time. So I'm yeah. going to
1: name my next child
0: Heidi. Just had a the
1: third heart palpitation. The third. <laughs>
0: Just the third. Tony
1: Joe Caruso,
0: the third. <laughs> the third. Bogue. <laughs> I can't wait to see that kid's counseling bill. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my. Well, uh, Jeff, last time we got together, we uh, asked the question, how do I have a difficult conversation? Yep. I think that pops up in the most of our lives. Someone like, man, I really feel like I should say something, and it's going to be hard. Well, we're going to flip the coin a little bit here, and... um we might be the object of that conversation for someone else. Mm. And when they pray through and think through what conversations do I need to have that might be difficult, it might be our names that come across their mind. And so today we want to dive into... How do we receive or process it when someone approaches us with a difficult conversation?
1: Yeah, that that's that's a lot harder for me to answer than how <laughs> to have a difficult conversation. I definitely like being on the other end of that. <laughs> I think, it, well, maybe not all of us, but I think most of us would enjoy yeah, that more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's a hard one because, um, you know, it, it depends on your personality a little bit. Right, so some some folks are like, "I am the jerk you think I am," you know that they'll receive that really really quick. If you have my personality uh, and my uh, internal arrogance, you just think everybody else is wrong all the time. So uh, <laughs> when they um, uh, when I'm approaching those kind of things, what I have to really fight is defensiveness uh, because I'm pretty sure I can prove you wrong and, and why you're <laughs> wrong about those things. Um, so that, that spectrum, right. Uh, Of being insulted, being hurt, being defensive to being arrogant and, and responding to all those things. So I would say this, um, if you want to get kind of the most out of that, I, I think one of the, one of the big pieces of that, of course, is humility and humility usually kind of plays out something like this, um. It usually plays out first of all by like setting aside your personal defenses. So you're confronting me. I think I can prove you wrong. I certainly think I can build a justification of why I wasn't wrong. That that's gonna be my instinct every time. Mm -hmm. And so I like I need to like set that aside and and try to receive something that I don't necessarily want to receive. I think the second piece of that is Um, You have to have grace in the presentation. So a lot of times, if you you ever want to know if you're defensive or not, uh, this is a little test for you. When somebody confronts you or has a difficult conversation with you, and all you're thinking about is how they're doing it wrong and why that disqualifies the truth that they're telling you, Hmm. you shouldn't have raised your voice. Um, you, well, you, did, you really told me at a really stupid time, <laughs> right? And, and I, I can tell internally immediately wh- wh- when I go to that, uh, what that is is I don't want to hear you. Um, I'm going to find a reason to disqualify or to discount what you're saying by making some way that I can blame you for doing this incorrectly, Right. right. And so I think we can go to that a lot, and, and, uh, um, and you'll, you'll fight about that. And, and it's some version of it's not what you said, it's the way that you said it. And I actually think that is a very um, strong defensive impulse. I know I have it. I think most people do. And, um, and you have to be gracious in that, right? People, most, most of the time when people are having a difficult conversation with you, especially the stronger you are. So if you have a strong personality or if you have a public persona, if your employee is talking to you and you're their boss, they've thought about that, they're holding their breath, they're like, you know, so hard. And and um, you have to have grace in letting them do that. I remember one time, this was a while ago now, uh, Pastor Ryan uh, confronted me about something. My, uh, this is, In fact, I, I know what it was. It was in 2009. Uh, my dad had passed away, and I was having a very, very um, difficult time uh, dealing with all of that, and so what was happening was I would have just enough strength to teach on the weekend or to lead a meeting but beyond that i was very difficult to be around and i was i wasn't trying to be a jerk i was just being one you know and i remember this is like uh, 14 years ago so pastor ryan is just a pup right <laughs> this is not the he, he's a subordinate he's new in ministry i'm the senior pastor i kind of mentored him in ministry so he walked into my office one day. He said, "Can I talk to you for a minute?" I said, "Yes." And he shut the door. <laughs> and he said, um, "He goes. He kind of vomited it out." He goes, "I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're being really mean to people, and I'm afraid it's going to hurt your leadership credibility." <laughs> and and I and I'm like, "Okay," but I I I think about the strength that took. Yeah. Um, I think about. He would. Pastor Ryan is, you know, very is a wonderfully godly man and a great, great leader. But he's yeah. just a kid back then, uh-huh. and I'm like the courage that, that took, the love that it took. Like he was loving me, uh-huh. um, but his presentation was terrible. Sure. So I think that happens a lot, you know, especially like in power structures, when your kids are talking to you or, like I said, employee to a boss or whatever it may be, player to a coach. So I have to forgive that, and I have to look at their motive and maybe even understand the amount of courage and thought and love that it took for them to do that and kind of forgive them for it. So I think getting your defenses down – giving somebody else the benefit of like, you can say this poorly. And then I think the third part of it is, um, there has to be a bit of a spiritual maturity on your end that maybe not everything they're saying is correct, but some of it may be, Mm -hmm. and all of it probably reflects the way they feel. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, Pastor Jeff, you don't talk to anybody anymore. Well, that's not true, right. remotely. And um, but maybe I haven't talked to you, and maybe I have. But you feel isolated, or you felt a weird interaction, or so I want to give credibility to what is credible. Uh, and go to that as opposed to being defensive and to go, well, look at my schedule. All I do is talk to people all day, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. So it's stuff like that, you yeah. know, where it it takes a hot second. You know, it, it some of this you kind of do on the fly, obviously, mm-hmm. but like it takes a hot second yep. uh, to get yourself into the mindset that you're able to do that. I know
0: whenever I'm working with a couple in premarital counseling, there's actually an exercise that I do with them where – I I make them do very awkward things where I'm like, okay, you make a wish list. Here's three things that I want to happen or stop happen in our relationship. And then they have to tell the other party. And then the other person has to repeat it back and articulate how it made them feel. So um, because what arguments tend to do, sometimes I feel like especially with those closest to us, is we'll say something like I don't want to go to the beach anymore. I don't like sand. I don't like the heat. Can we do like a ski trip next year? And what the other person reacts with is you never like what when I pick what we get to do and you hate our family vacations. And right. it's like no, that's not at all what I said. I'm just, you know, and so when we're when we take that discipline to do some version of is this what you're saying and is this how you feel? if they affirm it, now you're on the same page. If they're like, no, that's actually not what I'm trying to say, well, you're just digging into some extra clarity which is gonna be helpful too. Yeah. And so, um, that's so important, <laughs> because otherwise we're just like, well, you don't even like it, you know, <laughs> and that's not, um, well, that's probably how a lot of us have had some harder conversations, <laughs> and we all know that's not helpful. Um, So Jeff, like, um, I love how you talked about just because someone presents it wrong doesn't mean that everything else is invalid, because, right most of the world i would assume most of us listening would even admit i don't always know how to have these conversations and i listen to jeff and joe's podcast yeah, <laughs> that's right you know and so all of these other folks that are thinking to themselves i don't know how to have this conversation but I guess i got to have it anyway, they're, they are they are going to word vomit. They are going to blow up emotionally. They are maybe not always going to know how to handle it. Or maybe this is the first time they've ever had the courage to mm-hmm. say that hard thing. It doesn't invalidate what they're saying. How they said it is a different conversation to have.
1: Yeah, that that's right. And, and you're going to get into like there's some innocence that happens with this. Like your kids are going to blow up on you or melt down on you. Daddy, you're never home. You know, well, that's not true, but they're they're expressing an emotion, not a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, your spouse is going to say, "You always blah blah blah." Well, that's not true, but they're expressing an emotion or a wound, not mm-hmm. a fact. Um, you're also you're also going. Th- there's times that people are going to confront you, and they're proving you wrong because you needed to be proved wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so those are difficult. And so they come, they do come at you with facts. You know, um, like if you're a boss, somebody might say, I am underpaid for my position. Well, that's a fact. And what and they are saying, I feel I, I want to be valued. I have other opportunities Um I would like to stay here, but I also have a career path. You know, those kind of mm-hmm. things like you 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 need to be willing to like hear that. If, Speaking
0: of which, Jeff. Uh <laughs> I, <no.
1: laughs> Yeah. Well, I you know, I think you have a great resume. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's also people who are going to go off on you. Mm-hmm. Right? And and uh when somebody goes off on you, um I would say that that there are times when they are 100 percent out of line. It, it's, it's the road rage guy. It's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. you know. Um, there's other times that they're 98 percent out of line. You know, I had a guy road rage on me one time. Uh, he got off, he whipped in front of me, he slammed on his brakes, uh, got out of his car, flipped me off, he said, "You just cut me off." And I was like, "Sorry, because I was pulling a long trailer, and I think I probably actually did accidentally cut him off. Now he's ninety-eight percent inappropriate. I'm like, <laughs> chill, bro. But I'm like, I I didn't mean to cut you off, man. Yep. You know, just chill. You know, I wasn't gonna argue back with him. There's other times that you're just gonna be falsely accused, you know. But but I would say this most of the time when somebody has a meeting or has a conversation or has a some version of a planned interaction there's some level of validity to what they're saying, even if it's them expressing a feeling, not a fact. And I I don't want to, I'm not going to believe a lie or accept a lie, but I want to receive what's on their heart, even if I have to sort through the information and the perception to get there. Because sometimes what I need to do is I need to say, um, I need to correct the fact but validate the feeling. I remember one time years ago, one of my kids, uh, this was like October or something like that. He's really, really upset. He's kind of throwing a fit. And he was mad at me. And I was like, buddy, what is your problem? You don't love me. Why would you say I don't love you? You didn't even buy me a Christmas present. I'm like, what? He like, you didn't buy me a Christmas present last year. I'm like, you've been thinking that for 10 months? <laughs> and I'm like, why? I said, honey, why would you think I didn't buy you a Christmas present? And and I said, you know, you got a shirt and you got a blah, blah, whatever it was. And he goes, you didn't buy that. Mom bought it. <laughs> and I'm like, honey, do you, do you understand? Like, mom is me and I am mom. And well, he he's just a little kid. Yeah. Like, he didn't. Mm-hmm. And in his little mind, in a very inappropriate blow up, He surfaced something that was wounding him. It was a fact that I needed to correct, but it was a feeling that I needed to validate. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and a lot of times that's what's happening. Now, if somebody sits down with me and says, um, uh, Jeff, you have an addiction that's out of control. Or Jeff, you you reacted wrongly in this situation. I remember one time the elders... um, Set me down because I had uh, I had um, shown a video in church that was hilarious, <laughs> and it was for an announcement uh, for I don't I don't remember what it was a retreat or something but it was an announcement it was hilarious, but it was a little bit risque, mm. and I remember the elders of the church sat me down and said, "Hey, listen, we don't mind you pressing the envelope if it proclaims the gospel." But don't do it on dumb stuff. That just ruins your credibility.
0: Yeah. Jeff, you. Um, I won't get into any details because even the context isn't worth this conversation. But you learned from that because not that long ago, you just made that decision. Yep. You saw a video that was like prepped for something. You're like, this is going to spark the wrong conversations. Let's not do it. And you learned it.
1: That's exactly right. And I was thinking about that video no 15 almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Cause we were still in the cafe when, when this happened. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And so I just messed up. Mm-hmm. They love me. They were like, that was dumb. And, and I needed to be humble. And cause I wanted to say, well, that was funny. And back then I was like young and the young people. And they're like, no, that was dumb. And, uh, you did not use good wisdom. Mm. Right. And I'm, And so there's times that we just have—so there's blow-ups, and then there's times that we just have to accept that we were wrong, and and you learn from it and go from there. Yeah, God—if there's a chance that God wants to
0: use us— to help other people see a blind spot or a hard truth, then certainly that's going to be true, reciprocated into our life, where he needs to use people to help us see a blind spot or to hear a hard truth. And I love, um, whether you meant to be this pithy or not, you said even if we... Have a fact that needs corrected. We need to make sure that the feeling is validated. Oh, I 100 <clears> percent meant to. Yeah, that's, I that's I really good. pretty thought that all Joe. Um, as I past- have actually <laughs> have a tattoo of that. <laughs> as Pastor Robbie would say, quoting Andy Stanley, he would say, "If it's memorable, it's portable." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So uh, that's that's excellent. Now um, let's let's take this to another level. Uh, what do we do? when we have someone in our life that maybe had that difficult conversation with us, but now it seems that they can't seem to have an interaction with us without rehashing it again and again and again. So uh, I'll build a, a scenario, you know, early in the summer, they have this hard conversation with us. We do everything we can to adjust and validate the feelings We hang out three weeks later, and they're like, well, you know, that was really hurtful, the thing that we talked about, Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. You're like, I know. Sorry. You get together again a couple weeks later. Hey, that was really hurtful. And you're like, is this going to be a thing? Like, now every time we get together, we're going to rehash the pain. How do we navigate that type of a conversation?
1: There there may be a point where that conversation has to flip the other way. Like, Mm -hmm. hey... I don't know what else to do. I've apologized, I've corrected, maybe I've made restitution, um, I listened, I received. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you asked for repentance, I gave it. The model of Jesus now is that that is cast as far as East is from the West. If there's something else, tell me that. But if we're just going to have this conversation, we need to talk about why you now are not releasing this, yeah because I don't know what else to do, yeah, well, I just need to know how badly I feel. I feel like I've really received that, and yeah. I understand that I have trying to change, you know, but i can I can't walk around this mm-hmm. way anymore, so either forgive me, uh or don't. But I'm not willing to allow this relationship to move on that way. Yeah.
0: And that might end up being one of those scenarios where you have to we've talked about this before, but kind of utilize the wisdom that's in Matthew 18, because a lot of times, um, you know, if we have experiences like that, where we like you said, we almost have to turn the conversation a little bit. Now they're the ones that are going to feel defensive because they were the vulnerable one in the first place. And so you might have to eventually bring in a third party, a loving, godly third party, to help navigate that as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And, and I think I think there's—I want to bring some clarity to that because I, I think there's, there's the situation in your example of like they're harping on it. I think there's another situation where the pain and the shrapnel— go far beyond the event. Hmm. So uh, an example I'm thinking of is if someone has an affair in marriage, and the wife has an affair, the husband has an affair, the non-offending party is says, I forgive you, and uh, and I want to save our marriage, I want to keep our family intact, I want to move forward, and I forgive you the ramifications and the shrapnel of that affair don't go away in that moment. That's good. Yep. Right. So when a, when a grenade goes off, you living through it does not mean you're done dealing with it. Mm -hmm. So what I like to say is forgiveness is not a decision. It's a habit. And Using the example of an affair, the, the reminder of that affair is gonna come up a hundred thousand times. Yep. The person who is the victim is going to have to choose to forgive every single it might come up five thousand times a day. He's gonna have to choose to forgive every single time. The person who is the offender is going to have to be sympathetic to the burden that the offended is willing to bear. Sure. Does that make sense? Yep. So <clears throat> why won't she stop crying about it? Because she can't. Yeah. Right? Why, why is he letting it affect our love life? Because he can't stop that. Like, that's the process. Yep. And when he said, I forgive, or vice versa, um, they, they're not enabling and you're also they're not also they're not agreeing to live in denial mm-hmm. right so that's the cat th- there's a side of it like this person is harping on it holding it over my head controlling me with it and then the other side of that is forgiveness is a habit and a process and it's usually a, depending on the wound it's a lifetime and i have to be sympathetic That they're still struggling with it, that from moment to moment. Yeah. That's really good. That's, um, and if that
0: is, uh, hitting the listener right in the heart, then, um, sorry to surprise you, but also, like, that's so good. I mean, we have to realize that, um, our sin has consequences, even when there's forgiveness. That's right. You know, yeah. you can you can get forgiveness for the way that you've treated your body. Your body is still shutting down because your liver is shutting down, or you know whatever. Yeah. Like, you can get forgiveness for uh, laundering money. You're no longer volunteering in any financial capacity ever again. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, it, it, it's not <clears throat>
1: the it's not holding it over your head, and and, and I think we can when we. When you're the offender and you seek forgiveness, you want that weight to go away. Well, that weight doesn't go away. It just transfers, right? And so um, the—I uh, 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 think it was Pastor Bob, but I'm not sure. But somebody one time said, like, when, when you feel sick to your stomach, it, it, it's kind of gross. But he's, he said, it feels great to throw up. <laughs> he said, "But when you throw up, uh you feel better, but you look up, and everybody is covered with your vomit mm-hmm. Those people dealing with your vomiting is not them not forgiving you right right it's 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 the it's what you were saying it's like the natural consequence it's like, yeah, we got a lot to clean up here, even though you feel." better about it, yeah. you know? So I, I think that's important when I'm the—because we're talking about being confronted, mm-hmm. which means in this scenario, I'm the offender that is being confronted by the offended. Yep. And that relationship, the pain, does not kill that relationship, and it also doesn't have to define that relationship— but it is woven into that relationship. It's a part of our relationship now.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Forgiveness <clears throat> and restoration are different. Yes. Forgiveness is, you know, I'm, I, it's okay, we'll figure it out, you vomited. <laughs> restoration is when the smell's gone and our clothes are cleaned and
1: everything's kind of back to normal, we're restored. Yeah, re- <laughs> yeah. restoration is the—I'm is. Uh, air-quoting if you're listening. Restoration is the— process or the practical outplay of forgiveness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the continuation. And it's actually the gift that you asked for. Yeah. Right.
0: That's really, really good. Well, if this is helpful for you, and I pray that it is, um, because at some point in our life, we're probably all recipients of these types of conversations. And uh, sometimes they're done right, sometimes they're done wrong but it's up to us to receive those appropriately, to listen, to validate what we need to validate and learn from what we need to learn from. If we can answer or address any questions that you might have, make sure that you submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash messages and we'd love to get to those as quickly as we can. And if we can help you take any unique next steps or find any resources regarding this, maybe there's some relational shrapnel you need to work through one way or the other, we'd love to help point you in the right direction and get the help you need. And if you'd like to get more of what you're hearing or get the word out, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. If you're looking for a church home and you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us on the weekend, or of course, if you're out of town, you can always find us online as well. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. Catch you next time.